650, incidentally, minus four degrees. That's the Talking Heads, and we managed to determine that the name of the song, and thanks to everybody who texted in once in a lifetime. Uh, but uh, Maureen Holloway is here from the podcast Women of Ill Repute with Wendy Mesley and many other venues. But uh, nice always to spend some time with you on Friday. Hi, John. I was mentioning the Talking Heads only because I was remembering SCTV, which we're talking about this morning because of this beer lobby commercial with the McKenzie brothers. And SCTV used to feature videos, and the first one I ever saw was Once in a Lifetime, which I've just looked up. It came out with nine, in, in 1980. But you remember uh, the time when, you know, videos were sort of uh, this strange new adventure? Oh, yes, I remember videos. <laughs> Music videos, they were. <laughs> Back in the time. <laughs> Back in the time. Uh, yeah, when MTV was was called MTV because it was music television, sure. Yeah. I remember that. And then, uh, but the thing is, it requires your eyes. And I do remember sitting down once a week and watching the top 10 videos of the week and knowing them all. Uh, and then I just think they've kind of felt like they still make them, but they're not... They don't get anywhere near the attention they used to. Well, I, I don't even know if it's branded MTV anymore, but they went off oh, no, videos no, a long time not. ago to reality yeah. television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, I mean, where do you see them if you wanted to? I was paying tribute to Raquel Welsh yesterday, but I thought of you because I thought you'd probably have some <laughs> some ideas about her. Well, you know, it, it, there's some people you only kind of appreciate the full breadth of of what they brought to the party when they pass and you go over the, their whole lives. And she was a very, very interesting, extraordinarily intelligent and incredibly beautiful woman. Yeah, well, she was, because she was a sex symbol, I guess the reigning sex symbol of the 70s, I guess, kind of post-Maryland, um, uh, she probably had her other skills diminished, which happens to a lot of beautiful women in in, in Hollywood. But uh, just looking at pictures, first of all, I'm struck by her striking resemblance to Cindy Crawford. Uh, maybe hmm. that's just me, but that kind of jumped out at me. But um, yeah, she actually, unlike other bombshells, she actually got critical acclaim. I mean, she she won a Golden Globe yeah. for the uh, for the Three Musketeers, and she wasn't even a musketeer. No. Um, no. And I, you know what? And I was looking at that footage, and I don't know why it's degraded. Maybe it's not classic enough to be preserved by the Library of Congress, but it looked like an old Carol Burnett sketch. <laughs> So, the funny piece of trivia, she auditioned for the part of Marianne on Gilligan's Island, not Ginger. Really? Apparently, yeah, Tina Louise had already been cast, so they were looking for a girl next door, a type, to play a Marianne, and Don Wells got the got the part, famously. Uh, but I guess they, Raquel sure doesn't look like the girl next to my door. So, no. Um, yeah, she was too sexy for the part. Uh, but, you know, she had tremendous integrity. She was she was actually quite conservative, uh, both politically and uh, in upbringing. She never posed nude or did nude scenes, and... Um, um, and had a very interesting career. It's something interesting about Raquel Welch, if you've seen Shawshank Redemption, which originally uh, the story by Stephen King was called Rita Hayworth and the uh, Shawshank Redemption. And uh, it had to do with a poster that over the years was replaced. And uh, at the end, without giving anything away, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you really should. Uh, it's the poster of Raquel Welch in A Million Years B.C. that uh, ends up gracing the uh, the cell wall uh, oh, in the I end. I did not know yeah. that. And there's yeah, also an yeah. electric chair, but we don't have to talk about that. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. no. Like, we're not giving it all away. But yes, Raquel Welch, uh, a remarkable woman, as you say, and uh, gone now at 82, I believe. So Ryan Seacrest is leaving the show with Kelly, and he's going to be replaced yes. by her husband. 
Yeah, first of all, you do not like Ryan Seacrest, do you? It's not that I don't like him. I just don't like him, if that makes any sense. I just, I <laughs> Nothing find, personal. I find him to be mysterious and gormless. And the fact that he regards Dick Clark as his idol, I also yeah. thought Dick Clark was kind of a bore. Well, Gorm, I love that. He has no Gorm. Gorm is a good thing to have. No, it's true. You you want to have Ruth and you want to have Gorm. If you're Gormless and Ruthless, forget about it. Uh, but yeah, I know what you, he seems to be like a... a, a, a He's amiable and hardworking. God knows that with his radio shows and American Idol and so on. But you're right. There seems to be a lack of soul almost. But uh, nonetheless, he is the busiest man in in show business. And he's leaving live with Kelly um, after six years. He was only supposed to be there for three years, apparently. And he's moving back to the West Coast to host the next season of American Idol, uh, if you can believe that. Um, and so, yes, Mark Consuelos, Kelly Repa's husband, is going to join her for the latest incarnation of the show, which has been on since, I think, 1988. Regis oh, started I it with Kathy Regis. Lee. And Regis oh, was yeah. a huge inspiration to David Letterman. And, yeah, I just I always loved Regis because he's the master of I don't care, but I'm totally committed. And, and and has soul, has personality. Exactly. And, and yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I'm with you with Ryan Seacrest. It's like, yeah, whatever. Go <laughs> to watch American Idol. I don't listen to your radio show. Uh, I'm interested that uh, that Kelly and, and her husband uh, will be hosting. There are a lot of, I, mean, I think of the Mots, uh, who used to be on, uh, on News Talk 1010. There are a number of husband and wife. Um, acts, but it's got to be hard, I would think, to get up and go to work every day with the same person that you spend, you know, the rest of the day with. I have to think maybe there's a firewall or something that you just, you know, you do the job, but it's independent of everything else. And actually, speaking of husband and wife teams, Tim Hudak and Deb Hutton are hosting The Rush on Monday. Right? So there's a Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, good luck to them. I like them both on radio, <laughs> so I can't wait to hear them together. Um, but yeah, my worry would be, you know, what if we hate each other on the yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, I think I think back to Regis, who used to say that he, despite the success he had with Kathy Lee and then Kelly, he never spoke to them, like not out of spite or anything. He, he would just come in, go to his dressing room, and all the conversation would be saved for the cameras. Uh, and uh, he didn't waste his time socializing with them beyond that. So maybe yeah. that, that, so that's what worked for him. But it doesn't work if you're working with your spouse. I don't, I don't want to talk to you unless we're on together. Well, they're not partners in, in romantically, but another couple like that in performance is Penn and Teller. They don't socialize yeah. together. They don't vacation yeah. together. Their families yeah. don't interact. They just work. Well, also, uh, you know, Teller doesn't talk, although he does. He does. That's one of the things I admire the most about those two, aside from their show business stuff. It's that the whole caprice of him not talking, they come out after the show and work the lobby. And of course he talks and he does interviews and he's interesting. Really? Yeah. I mean, no, I believe he's interesting. I've interviewed them both. And he just sat there? Yes. (laughs) Because I've interviewed him. I've never heard him speak in my life. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize he could talk. I didn't realize he would talk. I should have tickled him or something. Um, So I I know you put in your topic list uh, family day, and I was very curious because I got no plans. Well, the thing is, and and, uh, yeah, um, I was uh, just talking about this with Joe. Uh, There, we don't, we haven't had family day long enough to have any family day traditions. You didn't send out cards. 
Right, there's no cards, there's no family day tree or pole, you know, if you wanted to dance around the family day pole or family day songs, you know, we should, we don't have the, we don't have a tradition of uh, of doing things with, it's, it's a wonderful holiday, it comes in the middle of February when we really need a break, and if you've got family and you're going away skiing or even, you know, for a, an abbreviated uh, warm weather holiday, fantastic, if you can do that, but we don't really have... Um, anything to get excited about other than the fact that we have the day off and uh, so maybe we need to develop some traditions it's just an idea yeah you know on Purim you have to give somebody a present so yeah well maybe less less presents but so we're having the extended family over for dinner on Monday which is a first the first time we've ever done that but it kind of gives the day a focus um, on the other hand, on the flip side, if you don't have family and you didn't have a Valentine, then February really sucks for you, doesn't it? <laughs> it's true. They say April is the cruelest month, but not maybe April. it's February. Maybe it is February. <laughs> I'm just depressed that uh, I completely forgot about Flag Day this week, which was on Wednesday, and I didn't get around to strangling anybody. You're supposed to strangle people on Flag yeah, Day? Yeah, that's what Jean Chrétien was doing. It was Flag Day when Jean Chrétien strangled that guy with the tea cozy on oh, his head. Oh, really? <laughs> This is, I had no idea. Maybe that's a tradition we don't need to develop. <laughs> so strange. Mo? Oh, uh, Women of Ill Repute. What's going on? Uh, oh, Dr. Danielle Martin. She is phenomenal. She is our guest this week. She's a real advocate for, I know it may sound a little boring, but she's a real advocate for health reform. She's got some great ideas. We've had a lot of challenges to our health system. She's really compelling and really cool. And, uh, and you know, you just come away thinking, wow, we have a good system. We can make it better. So that's Women of Ill Repute with Danielle Martin, Wendy Mesley, and me. There we go. Thanks, Mo. Pleasure. Broadcaster Maureen Holloway, who whose latest chapter is Women of Ill Repute, along with Wendy Mesley. And Mo's got a great blog you might want to check out as well. She's on Substack. But she uh, talks about, she tells a story about something she was mentioning to me that she's always getting matched up if she's not a foursome when she goes golfing with, you know, strangers. And if they're men, which they usually are, they always ask her husband, what do you do? They never ask her about anything except maybe once in a while about kids. 